Up next is a daily devotional by Pastor Tim Dotson, pastor of JF Believers Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. Subscribe to our podcast by visiting burningdogradio.com and clicking on subscribe. Thanks for listening to Burning Dog Radio. Matthew chapter 26, verse 59. Now the chief priests, the elders, and the whole council sought false testimony against Jesus that they might put him to death. And they found none. Even though many false witnesses came forward, they found none. But at least two false witnesses came forward and said, This man said, I'm able to destroy the temple of God and to build it in three days. Now, the case against Jesus was weak, to say the least. Even convincing liars, I guess, were hard to find. At least they had a mob, right? That's always helpful, if not essential, when you're up to no good. As usual, all the religious rules that they themselves had established went out the window when it served their desired end. Failing to find any criminal activity on the part of Jesus, these shady characters resorted to an age-old favorite. Twist the scripture. Concerning verse 61, without taking time to understand now just what Jesus meant when he made that statement, they take it out of context, they turn it against him, and they use it to, in an attempt, rather, to bring him down. Now, Jesus herein was not speaking of a violent insurrection when he spoke of rebuilding the destroyed temple in three days. He spoke, rather, of his crucifixion, his death and resurrection. He was the temple that he spoke of. Little did these thugs know that they literally were playing a very real part of fulfilling the prophetic statement. Verse 62 says, The high priest stood up and said to him, Have you no answer? What is this that these testify against you? But Jesus stayed silent. The high priest answered him, I adjure you by the living God that you tell us whether you are the Christ, the Son of God. Now, his accusers here and demand his participation in their courtroom drama. But Jesus here, he was having nothing to do with it. Finally, under the Jewish law, where a high priest can righteously demand an answer, Jesus was poised, if you will, to answer the ultimate question that is on the lips of all of mankind. The ultimate question. Now, mind you, many will claim today that Jesus never made this statement. And herein we read, Are you the Christ? Are you the Son of God? The high priest had pulled the God card. The discussion was at an end, and the world hung for that second to hear the answer. Jesus said to him, verse 64, You have said so. Nevertheless, I tell you, after this you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of power and coming on the clouds of the sky. So Jesus herein answers to the affirmative. It's his way of saying, we would put it, Yes, I am he, just as you say. Jesus now went on to clarify his answer by attributing two messianic prophecies to himself. Psalms 110 verse 1 
in Daniel chapter 7, verse 13. Verse 65 says, The high priest tore his clothing, saying, He has spoken blasphemy. Why do we need any more witnesses? Behold, now you have heard his blasphemy. You see, tearing one's clothes in the Jewish culture was a sign uh, of the highest emotion. To this high priest, Jesus had spoken blasphemy and now was deserving of death. Even though this was already believed, now they had evidence. Indeed, it would have been blasphemy had it not been true. Again, we are reminded that we can accept Jesus in only two ways. Either he was indeed who he said he was, or he was just a crazy man with a God complex. In verse 66, the high priest goes on, what do you think? And they answered, he is worthy of death. What do you think today? I mean, the high priest posed a question here and that we all must answer even today. The answer, of course, will determine your eternity. Those who present, the, uh, those who were present, excuse me, decided that their answer <clears throat> was no. For them, he was deserving of death. <clears throat> Verse 67 says, And then they spit in his face and beat him with their fists. Some slapped him, saying, Prophesy to us, you Christ. Who hit you? So now the physical abuse of Jesus begins. More than simply denying his deity and refuting his claims, these folks now turn to offensive and physical attacks. Once again, this same is inexplicably happening today. If his claims were void, then who would care what he said and did? I mean, wouldn't we just simply ignore him? Today, there are whole groups of people who have gathered together to spend all of their spare time in clubs and organizations and anti-Christian groups that exist only to attack Jesus and his followers, to attack something that they themselves believe doesn't even exist. Now, Jesus begins to endure herein what would be the ultimate in not just pain, but utter humiliation. Both of these things would be endured and even embraced by a Savior, a Savior who loves like no other. Verse 69 says, Now Peter was sitting outside in the court, and a maid came to him saying, You were also with Jesus the Galilean. Now the Gospel of Mark, no doubt written under the direct influence of Peter himself, tells us that Peter was warming himself beside the fires of those who had gathered against Christ. This was Peter's next slide into the pit of denial. Yet around innumerable fires of the enemy today, fires of the enemies of Jesus Christ, there are those who once walked with the Messiah. Those who had, again, tasted of his power and touched the joy of knowing him. And those folks are not where 
they are supposed to be. They, without exception, still believe themselves to be yet safe and sound. Yes, they believe themselves to be on solid ground, and yet. Verse 70, And he denied it before them all, saying, I don't know what you're talking about. Strike one. I wonder if Peter still felt like he was okay at this moment. I wonder. Verse 71 says, When he had gone out into the porch, someone else saw him and said to those who were there, This man also was with Jesus of Nazareth. In verse 72, he says, Again, he denied it with an oath. I don't know the man. Strike two. I wonder if in truth, he felt it all slipping uncontrollably between his fingers. Peter, that is. Uncontrollably slipping between his fingers as he uttered those words that he never believed he could speak. I do not know him. I can only imagine the panic welling up inside of him. The feeling that it was all out of control, that he was caught up in something in which there was no stopping. That overwhelming sick feeling that all was lost, there was no way out. Verse 73, after a little while, while those who stood by came and said to Peter, Surely you are also one of them, for your speech makes you known. Then he began to curse and to swear, I don't know the man. And immediately the rooster crowed. Peter remembered the words which Jesus had said to him. Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Then he went out and wept bitterly. And the final shoe dropped. In what seemed like merely a moment, everything was gone. In the chaos of the situation, in what was likely a silent eternity of a moment, Peter was more alone now than any man on earth. Peter believed himself to be faithful, you see. He thought he would not, could not ever fail. So what was his fateful error? Well, he believed in himself. He believed in his own strength. He fought the battle himself when he should have let Jesus do the fighting. If he had failed his master, well, he'd never be able to live it down. But he had failed his master. What couldn't happen did. It did because he didn't believe it could. Was our daily devotions by Pastor Tim Dodson. For more information about Pastor Tim and JF Believers Church, visit jfbelievers.com.